everyone out there in YouTube and Spotify and Google and TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. I'm here to go live with my guest, Sarah. Sarah Graff. I've been trying to go live with her for weeks. Amanda Panda, too. Amanda, where you at? There's only a few people that I know that I can hit the go live together and they'll answer it. I don't know who won't. Hey, different look. Hey, yeah, I'm just fooling around, JR. Hey, JR, what? Um, you do live in Alabama, right? Waiting on JR. He's got stage fright. There's a group of people that tune in regular, about five or six. And then when I upload the live feed throughout the day, uh, a few others come, sometimes a few hundred. Good morning, Laura B. Dannon Yogurt, Eris. You are in Birmingham, JR? You're in Birmingham? I'm shocked. I, I knew you were from the area, which I am. I'm not actually in Birmingham, but I'm thinking about getting buried in Birmingham, if that makes any sense. When I go, I want to get torched like a Viking. Actually, I don't, but I don't have the money to do what I want to do. So, you know, where am I going to get planted? Because I used to be against cremation. And then I kind of was for it. And then I was against it again. I've gone back and forth, back and forth. I moved there here three years ago. J.R. Fowles, Falls, the man of mystery and intrigue. I like J.R. Laura, what part of California is there a good part? Because I just, I spent a lot of time in California myself. Is there a good part? Did I buy this cup? This very coffee cup. Did I buy it at Yosemite? National Park, did I? Any wagers? Yosemite is a weird place. Four hours north of San Francisco. Okay. So I know you got, let me think, is that anywhere near Chico? Chico, California. See, you go from San Francisco across the water and you're in awe, serial killer area. What's the name of that town where all oh, the Zodiac was? What's the name of that town? Um, I think that uh, Jeff Gordon is from there originally. What the freak's the name of that little town right across the water from San Francisco? Not on the bay side, on the uh, Golden Gate side, the other side. What's the name of that town in California? Shasta County. That's okay. Shasta County is where that freaky mountain is, right? Johnny Blaw from Wisconsin. May God bless. I'm going to Wisconsin soon. 
I'm going to Wisconsin soon. Um, Mount Shasta is a very freaky place from what I've heard. And my wife's uncle, who went off to Vietnam, that was on his bucket list before we went to Vietnam to the war to go climb Mount Shasta. So I know he went out there, but I don't know if he made it to the top. Mount Shasta, California, near the Oregon border. All kinds of weird, freaky stuff has happened there. Where it was constant. Well, John, you know that place where the Virgin Mary appeared? Oh, we got a special guest. Hey. Oh, my goodness. It worked. I'm hiding in my closet. You're in your closet? I'm hiding in the closet. <laughs> I can't believe it's you. I've been trying to get you for all. Oh. Let me turn some lights on. I'll just play around. Hang on. I know. I don't want to look too freaky. Hey. It's my is fault. <laughs> is that better? It's great. I see. You look you look like Joe Biden giving a State of the Union address. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Did you watch it? Union? No, I was teaching. Um, I teach till really late at night, so I get to miss all of the awful things on TV. Um, no, I watched snippets of it after. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm looking at to see how you hang your clothes properly. You're are you OCD? Um, so I organize I organize things by length. So. Shirts, knee-length dresses, long dresses. My, I, even though I'm in Florida, I still have my winter coat. I still need it sometimes. Yeah. Hey, that reminds me <laughs> that all uh, I went to your old stomping grounds a couple Where? weeks ago. Where? Yeah. New York. Yeah. Yeah. And all uh, I don't want to be offensive to anybody oh. <laughs> in New York, but it's funny because to me. New York City and Las Vegas are the two most overrated places in the history of the entire world. Yep. I said it. No, it's it's insane. And now, I mean, I mean, you're following my sister. She's about to be on national news this week. I'm just waiting for the confirmation. I know she's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah, you I, like, just me last week. You couldn't go live on me last time because she's going to be on Tucker. She is. And we we don't know when. It's going to be this week. Um, it'll be her second time. She is just not stopping. She's Let not stopping. My wife don't ever watch this so we can say anything. <laughs> anything. My wife has a crush, a sick crush on Tucker. He's it's amazing. He's amazing. He's like our fearless leader. Um. No, I love him. He's saying things that no one else is. Him and Greg Gutfeld. I think Greg Gutfeld is... is The little Jewish guy? He is hilarious. Is he <laughs> Is he of the same... I'm trying to say it without saying it. Like the conservative ilk? Is he Is he of uh, the same... Is, is he attracted to other he's? Oh, uh, no, he's married. And? About anyone's personal lives. <laughs> We're going to talk personal. I, I think 
you when I was, oh, my wife's got a crush on Tucker. Yeah. He's, Do you believe that? He's she fabulous. Cheer. Look, he's fabulous. got her own cheer. You, I want you to tell your sister. I will. <laughs> my wife, when you're waiting, you know, through the commercial for Tucker to come on, yep. she starts doing, what's that cheer? And I'm like looking at her, and it's got this yoga type of flow to it, slow <laughs> motion. Tell him. I called it about a year and a half ago when everything was revving up in New York, and my sister was, my sister started this, you know, at the time this little Instagram page. She's like, you know. I don't like what, what I'm seeing. And I wonder if anyone else doesn't like it. I'm going to just start a page and, and see if there are other like-minded people who are, right? And we were in Iowa at the time and I, I kept checking my Instagram and I'm like, looking at this, every minute her followers are increasing. She's get, She was getting one to two followers. A point. I thought, this is insane. She hit a thousand in a few hours, another thousand, another... It blew up overnight. Her my my page or whatever. What's that called? Do not comply NYC. Do not comply NYC. Everybody go give her a follow. She's been stuck at like sixteen thousand now for a long time. And I you know why she's stuck? Oh yeah. She's being punished. I've been stuck at ten thousand four hundred for months. For months. It doesn't make any sense. They've even sent me a thing that says we do not recommend your channel. Right. And we are sticking you as far down in the news feed as we can. And yeah. told me that. And Facebook. Yep. No, it's 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 really hilarious. I mean, so I so so that summer I said to her, <laughs> You're like my daughter. I have to give her gummy vitamins. <laughs> Oh, these aren't vitamins. <laughs> are not vitamins, Sarah. <laughs> Go ahead, I, I, I want to hear about your famous sister. No, so I just, I called it. I, I said that summer, I said, Tucker's going to have you on. She's like, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, you know, she wasn't thinking it was going to get that big. I said, oh no, he's going to have you on. And end of September, um, Boom. He had her on. He gave her about two and a half minutes and she nailed it. It was it was on the same episode where he was talking about Australia and all the horrific things that were happening in Australia to people that were defying the lockdowns, you know, et cetera. So um, last week she calls me. I'm in the post office and she says, I just picked up and, and we text a lot. So when she calls me, especially during the day, during work hours, I know something's up. She, I said, Hey, what's up? She said, they lifted the vaccine mandate. I started sobbing. I started sobbing in the post office so uncontrollably the manager had to like come out and check on me. And, and I said, no, no, it's a good thing. It's, it's good. I'm, I'm happy. It was, it was so overwhelming and it's not the end. It's not like the next day, Tuesday morning, she went back to work. That's not how, how it works. But, um, now I said to her, everything that the Lord's been preparing you for, right? These last 16 months, all of the stress, losing the job, losing the health insurance for the family, um, losing friends and family. I cannot tell you how many friends and family members have walked away from us, have not, have stopped speaking to us, have not allowed us into their homes because we're, 
I mean, it is, it's appalling. Yeah. Um, so I said, not only is the Lord going to vindicate all of this, that's a, that's a separate issue. I said, but now is the real battle. Now is the real battle to get your job back, to get back pay, to be reinstated at the seniority level that you were at. Whatever you think was the battle. You there? Sorry. Did I lose you? You'll come back. I'm, I'm really sure you'll come back just like Lazarus. <laughs> what did I do? Oh, no. I had a... Uh, Caritas on here and she knows how to bump it to make it go back. What? What did I do? No, no, no. I can't so I can hear you. I just can't see you. Oh, okay. Bam. That's Kyle Whittington. Kyle Whittington is watching. You know who he is? No. Hi, Kyle. He's famous. Are you? Yep, he's famous. So I'm talking to uh, Cal Whittington, the the one that got turned into a Catholic by pizza and girls. That's awesome. Listen. Pizza. Yeah. We'll take any converts. Okay, hold on. This is awful. I look I so angry. If you work with it, just if you're watching on YouTube, pretend you're listening to the podcast. Because with um, Marie, do you know Marie no. Catholic Caritas? No, I see her her videos, but okay, should I um X out and then come back in? Yeah, try that. All right. I'll try to keep it keep the show going. I'm gonna to try to keep the show going because I hate starting over and over. Okay. Here we go. Guest left and guest is back. So you don't keep up with uh, Marie? No, I follow her on Instagram. I follow her from both my pages. Um, I'm I'm so burnt out with social media. Like, to be honest with you, I... So I joined Instagram to for business, right? I joined it. I have my piano page. And um, I... God is so gracious. I'm turning away students. I don't, I have a wait list. I don't, um, I just, okay. oh, my Instagram You got people asking you questions. Okay. I can't see them. Uh, my pages do not comply. NYC, like New York City. Don't comply, New York City. I'll put it in the show notes. Thank you. And she'll be on Tucker probably this week. I hope I'm not speaking prematurely. Well, but, um, be is she one of my followers too? Since I, I think so. I think so. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Hey, what is she baking? Pizza in the oven. <laughs> She's so funny. So, um, okay. So I desperately want to get off social media because I'm so exhausted by it. But then, you know, you're on it. My friends are on it. My sister's on it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What to but say. see. You and Ellen Mitchell. Um, yeah, Ellen, her content is so good. How does she think of all Ellen, these things? Ellen should be a supermodel. Yeah. She, she should do I got the whole thing. She should be a professional 
spokesman or something. I call her Dr. Ellen. And um, I've had her on the podcast, but it was such a, I was, we were on our way to a corn concert. Okay. We were on the interstate doing the podcast interview via phone, and there's all kinds of garble. So I got to have her on the show like this, but she yeah. just had her baby. Yeah. I'll be about after you had babies. Right. You know, hiding, but she don't stay in hiding. She does her videos. Yeah. And, and Marie, Marie, who is Catholic, Caritas, mm-hmm. she just showed, blew up in my news feed. Yeah. Sovereignly. Super confident. It was a sovereign act of God. It was. I did not. I, she was just there one day. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And but I thought she was the folks over here, Birmingham Caritas. You ever heard of it? No. It. Some people think it's a Catholic cult. They're okay. Kind of off grid, the way they live, but they have a huge ministry. Okay. I like it. It's where it's where that lady. Uh, I can't pronounce it. Yugoslavia, Medjugorje. Medjugorje. You know that lady? Okay. She came here for her sister to have surgery. Okay. Over here, right over this ridge. And while she was walking around praying the rosary for her sister, the Virgin Mary appeared to her. So they put a garden there and built a thing there. And it's right. called Heritas. Oh, nice. So I thought it, that's who I thought she was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I got to seeing my son's uh, name on her light list. Mm-hmm. And I said, I invite her on the show because like you, you're hard to get. You're very uh, just, I have a weird work schedule. That's what it is. I just have a weird, I, I just have a weird work schedule. If it was nine to five and I was like, okay, I get off and I could do five 30. But yeah, this was great. When you wrote to me this morning, I was like, yes, I could do this. Well, like I told you and a few others on the community page, I'm just going to start. Carat, caritas, caritas means truth. I thought it meant. I think it means uh, chair. Cares. Love, gift, gracing. Mm -hmm. It's Latin. Yeah. Truth in Latin is veritas. Hmm. Well, I thought they were. Anyhow, um, now she'll go live in a heartbeat. Right. She's ready to get out there and share the faith. Man, she's got four screaming kids. I know. Hey, hallelujah. I know. And that's another thing. She also shows her kids on social media, which is great. And I just never post pictures or anything of my daughter i i'm very like i'm so uncomfortable with all of this and and i'm not a confident poster either like i i post sporadically um sometimes i go live and i'll i'll be practicing or i'll be playing something but this is not how i grew up like i think i'm that i'm that year that had an analog childhood and a digital adulthood and I'm just, I don't know. It's not my comfort zone. People say, oh, go live, give concerts, play, teach, um, 
do tutorials and I, I video them and then I delete them. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. (laughs) Yeah. So I know. And if I would just do the things that would grow my page, I could grow, but I'm not there yet. Well, don't worry about growing your page. Worry about getting people turned on to God, to the church of Jesus. And that page will blow up. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know you, can you kind of just give me a, a little uh, two-minute bio? Sure. Who you are, other than the famous girl sister. Right, exactly. I'm Rachel's sister. <laughs> um, so I am a Catholic convert. I was raised fundamentalist Baptist in the middle of New York City, which I know is very uncommon. Yeah, I'm Sicilian. My my parents, my whole entire family, you know, obviously was Italian. My father um, was an altar boy. My father actually knows both masses, Latin mass and the new mass. Um, him and all his cousins and, and siblings were raised in excellent Catholic schools in New York. Um, some of them were training grounds for... <laughs> for um, uh, priests for training, uh, for training priests, young men for the priesthood. And, um, I, I often say this, um, in the late seventies and early eighties, uh, Protestant missionaries just kind of descended upon New York city and, uh, really targeted historically Catholic populations. So you're talking Italian, Irish, Polish, Spanish, and, Brooklyn in particular, where I grew up, kind of exploded as this borough of churches. Now, this is really before um, non-denominationalism as we see it today. So non-denominationalism is kind of like the fruit of that all that whole movement that was happening in the 80s and then into the 90s. Um, and so I was raised in, you know, an independent Baptist church. It really wasn't even connected to the SBC. Very legalistic, right? Super legalistic. Names um, only and short hair for guys. And yep, really. So I, I went. I grew up with a lot of girls that, um, you know, did not go to college and were encouraged not to. And you know, we were um, not really so much my parents. My my parents were just a little bit more cosmopolitan, you know. And my parents were also both have um, master's degrees. They have higher education. They um, they just had a sort of a bit of a different outlook on the world. So we, so on Sundays we were in this, this church, uh, this faith community that, you know, was sort of no higher education for girls, um, severe dress codes, um, you know, just very insular. I mean, those are just two examples. Um, very, you know, Bible alone, at one point, the pastor of the church forbid all of the adults from reading any book other than the Bible. Sarah. Yeah. Doesn't that sound so much like FDLS? What is that? Fundamental um, Latter-day Saints yeah. sort of Mormon? Yes. What, There's why, a lot of overlap. Why do the non-Catholics think we're such a big, dangerous cult Yeah. when they're the ones with all the freaky stuff. Oh, yeah. Think about it. They got some 
freaky stuff going on in the Protestant religion, but that's okay. Right. But because the same, we, same level, same level by the worst levels of, of abuse. Um, still, you know, I grew up in a community with a lot of domestic violence, with a lot of addiction. Where, you know, this is just humanity in general. Everyone is struggling. I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. But um, it was a very, very insular community. But then on the other other end of the spectrum, right? Um, I'm just waving at your fans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My sister and I were in public school. So we're, so we're going to public school in New York City, right? It's a total train wreck. Um, at that point, we're being uh, educated by third wave feminists. And um, it just does a number on my spiritual life, my outlook, the decisions that I made as a young woman. Um, it was two just polar opposites, right? So, you know, when you're wrestling, right, it's that you can't serve two masters, you know? So college, I stopped going to church. Um, Did you go to college in the city? Yeah, I went to Brooklyn College. Okay. Is Brooklyn, Suffolk County, down on the bottom by Long Island? Yes. Okay. Now, you New Yorkers think the entire world knows everything, but so, Staten Island is big as hell. I thought it, it was a little... No. You know, it, it's man, that place is like a state. And it's very rural. Staten yeah. Island just so much beauty still so much natural beauty animals um landmarks that are that are protected historic landmarks um the city is the whole city is beautiful it's just being ruined right now but um yeah it was you know and and Staten Island Anthony hi Anthony my sister's in Staten Island that's really Anthony Soprano. He's there you act, go. he's a dead actor. <laughs> he, you know Tony Soprano. Yeah, you know Sopranos are. I do. I didn't watch it. I I I get very nervous with like, yeah. I have to. So I'm a highly sensitive person. I've discovered this about myself. I have to be really careful with like the amount of graphic, like violent, uh, graphic things that I watch. It was too much for me. You grew up in the all. Uh, well, no, you're you're a lot younger than me. I grew up when Son of Sam. Yeah, that was. Dad remembers that summer like it was yesterday. Oh, you were alive. No, um, but I. Think <laughs> that... Hey, she wasn't alive, but she remembers it like it was yesterday. No, my dad. I said my dad remembers it like it oh, was. Okay. Yeah. I know. Like it. Yeah. Okay. So that was crazy. And so that's another thing too. My father um was a police officer. Oh really? Yeah. And um he actually he's so funny. He just came out of retirement because he still wants to work and do things. I think he's doing something right now with the US Marshals. But uh, my father survived both World Trade Center bombings in nineteen ninety-three and in two thousand and one. And um he yeah, he's just the the epitome of a public servant. Um, 
1993, um, the bombing happened in February and, um, it was, it was obviously really cold and it knocked out the cell phone, the tower, um, at the top. Um, and actually, so there was only one channel working that day and we watched him on TV. And so I, I kind of wasn't nervous, you know, so he called my mom, he said, everything's okay. And I'm going to be on TV. Um, they, the news cameras were here while we were pulling bodies out of the, the hole. So, um, we were just kind of watching him and I knew he was okay. I knew he had spoken to my mom. I didn't really understand more than that. I knew like a bomb went off, but, um, I think there were six casualties that day, if I'm not mistaken. There might have been more if I'm if I'm misspeaking. That's my fault. Um, so on 9-11, initially I was really not concerned at all. My my first reaction was kind of like, oh, this again, you know. <laughs> um and then as the like hour or two progressed, um, I remember this like very physical feeling of dread coming over me. That okay. it would now you were living there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not gonna ask you how old you are, but when you're 60, you have to check with younger people because they don't after a certain I don't know, like I tell the girls at work that I'm a Vietnam veteran. And it goes right over their head. They don't have a baby then, yeah. but they don't so I don't have you were living in New York. The oh, yeah. oh were, yeah. I had bills from the trade center float and land in my backyard. What did? Bills, like papers from the trade center when it I had paperwork. Papers, yep. That floated Three. all lower Manhattan to southern Brooklyn where I lived. Um my mother watched the towers fall from her school. And so the first reports that came out was that my father had died. And so at, at about 11, I think I was told he, he was a casualty. And at about one or one thirty, he called me and that was insane. That was the craziest phone call I've ever gotten. I bet it's the best phone call you ever got. I didn't, I didn't actually, um, I was, I was shocked. Like I didn't actually believe it at first. Um, so he had been at JFK and a, a group of police officers were sent from JFK airport to the world trade center to help out with, you know, a, a little plane crash. Nobody knew what was going on. And exactly how I heard it on the radio. Right. Small plane. Right. It hit the tower. I was going jogging. I turned my car off as soon as I heard that. Cause I'm thinking a little. Cub Piper plane. Yeah. And then I had a thought. I kid you not. What if that was a terrorist in that little plane? I had that little thought. And then as I was jogging, I started seeing little groups of people gathered around the community. And I'm like, something's going on. Yeah. And then I jogged up to a group of ladies that were talking, bunched up. And I've already got, you know, I know something's going on. Yeah. The whole damn neighborhood's outside talking. <laughs> something's happened. And she, oh, I'm sorry for cussing, but you're from New York. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> so it's good. Uh, the girl looked up at me. She said, 
you know we're being bombed. And I had to play it off. Yeah, yeah, I know all about it, you know, because I'm like, oh, what's going on? So I hopped in my truck, and then when I flipped it on, the tower fell. But the way it was described to me, watching radio, I felt it. I thought it fell like this, like a tree. Right. Okay. I didn't know that it imploded and fell down. Uh, go ahead. No, that's that's, and that was the plan. I think for 1993 to to blow up one tower so it would fall on the other. Because hmm. it's in the basement, the fire. Right. No. So yeah, I mean that. So all these cars of police officers left the airport and by, by the Lord's grace, my father was in the last car and, um, he just didn't make it there in time. The protocol in the city at that time was you show up to a building and you run in and you start, you know, get people out. And, um, so, I mean, he would have run inside and begun go, going up the stairs, you know, and, um, when he got there, they they parked, and the tower just started crumbling. So I think a group of uh, NYPD officers picked him up and um, probably saved his life. Um, and then they set up a triage. They wanted almost like a mini hospital at Borough of Manhattan Community College, thinking that survivors would show up at, for help. and. I don't think anyone showed up. You know, I really thought that. I was looking forward to the next day because, you know, churches opened everywhere and people were praying down here. Yeah. And I went to the church and people were just there praying. This is before I was Catholic and I was so confident that there would be untold miraculous rescues days down the road of infants like you hear about in our Yeah. There were a few. There were anything. There were a few people who were trapped in like a little stairwell, and um, and then the the movie was actually made about the Port Authority officers who survived. Yeah, I didn't hear all, all those stories. But it was. I mean, as the days went on, you know, it yeah. was it was worse and, and worse. You know, obviously. So um. So yeah, my, you know, my, my parents, my dad was a cop. My mom was a teacher. Um, you know, they left the church. They, they had a sort of salvation experience. Um, well, of what age were they when they left the church? Or they met one another. So they were young. They were in their twenties. I, I didn't mean how we Catholics just say the church. The church, right? Exactly. Everyone knows what we're talking about. <laughs> I don't Every Protestant to... knows what we're talking about. Yeah, the church. And they and and so we ended up sort of getting involved with this very fundamentalist sect and 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 church, you know, community, faith community. I I'm very careful with how I use the word church. I don't mean that to offend, but um, it's just a, a personal conviction of mine. I don't. I don't use the word loosely. Um, and so we were, you know, we went to one community that was in a, in a basement. We went to another community that, that I think the building's not even there anymore. It's like a, a garage or something. Um, 
And that was it. I was very anti-Catholic my whole childhood, my whole into my teens. I was really good at um, highlighting, you know, a couple of verses to kind of um, put my Catholic friends on edge or get them to doubt a little bit what they believe. Um, or, you know, and honestly, I didn't grow up around a lot of faithful Catholics to begin with. So that was kind of easy. They were like easy pickings, you know, to yeah. just, you, you know, before you go down that road right there, <laughs> I have to find my cradle Catholic friends that a lot of Protestants don't go to church, have never read their Bible and don't know what they believe, let alone, you know, they're vulnerable too. I cannot tell you how many times I have referenced something in the Gospels, something that our Lord himself has said. And a Protestant friend will ha be like deer in the headlights. They'll have no idea what I'm talking about. Right. Well, right. The Lord said he said to the disciples whose sins you forgive will be forgiven and whose sins you retain will be. He didn't say that. What are you talking about? It's right there. John 2023. I, it's, I mean, and, and James, right, right. Which, by the way, originally had the seven original seven books too. King James. Do you know why? Do you know why it didn't make it over here in the American King James Bible? No. It was really and truly some type of copyright issue. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now British Parliament removed the Catholic books ninety-eight years after the King James okay. came out, but they kind of gave Rome the finger right? as a political thing, you know, oh, here's your books. And I grew up reading the King James. I actually, I loved it. I'm very comfortable with the language. It doesn't bother me at all. I, um, I love the Dewey Rames Bible. Like none of that bothers me. And I don't, um, I don't like the the making fun of it, you know, and and all of that. I I think it's beautiful. Let me um, ask you a quick question. I got a friend that all uh, he come out Pentecostal and Reformed tradition. Okay, okay? the yep. tongue talking Calvinist. Yep. Okay, and he became Catholic then okay. because of the because he started watching certain. Catholic YouTubers, he became, um, he left the church, went back to the Pentecostal church. Okay. And um, he said that, um, what were we talking about? My mind's drifting. What were we talking about? The, uh, the King James. Oh, the, he, now this guy's a pretty academic dude, mm -hmm. a historian. And he says the King James Version was copied and pasted directly, and I'm using our, our language, from the King James and doctored up that they did not do their own work, that they just read the Catholic, Dewey Rhymes, Dewey Rhymes, however you say it, and just redid it King James English style. Right. So go ahead. That I keep interrupting you. No, it's fine. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm not saying anything interesting. <laughs> um, no, I, I believe it. I, I remember when 
the little cracks started to appear in my anti-Catholicism, right? Just real, um, the Lord is just so gracious. You know, he doesn't just come in and, and blow everything up. Um, just little things to consider. You know? Oh, hey, go poo. <laughs> That's my life. I got to go. I'm afraid of <laughs> All right. I'm going to come back. Okay. Give me a second. Okay. Okay, bye. All right. Sarah's got to go be a mom. Her kids got to go do her business. And if I have you on my live show and your kids have to poop or you have to poop, then just go poop. She put me on hold somehow. I'm just sitting here kind of praying the rosary as the show goes on because, you know, being in Alabama, uh, the way we feel about New York and New Yorkers in general, and I'm not trying to paint a broad brush, but people down here don't like people up there much. And, you know, if I just told my friends I'm going to New York for a few days, they're like, what the for? Yep, moms do what they got to do. Yeah, yesterday I had um, Keith on here. I mean, uh, Eric from Kansas. And I had to go get some coffee. So I just told him just to keep on. So I went and grabbed some coffee. I don't have no idea what he said. He probably badmouthed me the whole time. But <clears throat> trying to have some guests, okay. Been trying. Did you see that? My nose is dripping. I went like that. Ugh. Anyhow, I've tried to get Sarah on for weeks and weeks, you know, and uh, I had Sarah on the podcast. Go back and listen to it. it. She talks about all that natural family stuff, how Catholic women can uh, have kids, not have kids without it being birth control. I don't understand it. Okay. Thank God I became a convert way past all that. But Sarah and hey Sarah, I'm sorry. Okay, she's back. <laughs> I'm so back. cracks, cracks were appearing. Yeah. Anti-Catholic foundation. Yeah. Okay, so what would be the first one of the first ones? Was well, I started going to Europe in college. And um, I was a music major. Obviously, I'm, a, I'm a, a pianist. I teach. I do a lot of accompanying. And I was going to Europe and. Keep talking. Keep talking. I, I thought, you know. Keep, these, talking. Keep talking. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. These, tell us all about it. I'm going to tell everybody. I'm going to take it out. These churches are stunningly gorgeous. Like, not just they're pretty, they've got some nice artwork. This is, this looks like heaven, right? This is stunning, beautiful. And and I grew up in, like, ugliness. I'm not trying to be mean. But I did not grow up in uh, in beautiful places of worship on Sunday. Um, so that kind of irked me a little. I was, like, almost annoyed that the Catholics had the beauty. And I thought, well, something that, you know, something that is so patently false um, 
shouldn't really look this nice. Like it just, I don't know, something bothered me. We got the relics too. What? We got all the relics. <laughs> yeah. All the beautiful artwork. Everything. The I'm music, the literature, sculpture, paintings, architecture. I mean, it it wasn't, you know, and I was not going to Europe for like five days and coming home. I was going for a week, two weeks, six weeks. Everything was beautiful. Everything was old. Everything was before 1517. And so that now my, this other part of me is like, wait a minute, what was happening before 1517? Because my entire life, Christ ascended and then Luther came. Yeah. That was, that was the timeline. Christ ascended, Luther came and saved everything. Yeah. And here we are today. And that was, so that was my other question. Well, then why aren't we Lutheran? Like, this is what I find to be so interesting too, with all these churches. Give me a high 10. Bam. That is what I'm saying. If Luther was right, which Luther church do you go to? Right. But another hundred plus years before the Baptists came, which is how I grew up. So that was very confusing for me that there was this reverence of Luther, but we were decidedly not Lutheran. Okay. So what was going on before Luther? So at this, at this time, I start going to a Reformed Presbyterian community. And I was so impressed with them. I was so impressed with their faithfulness, with their, um, just their love for the Lord, high level of intellectualism. These people were academics. They wanted to know history and languages. And um, they, they just really had a reverence for education. And they were doing kind of weird things, right? They were taking communion every week. And I grew up, we did it maybe once a month, maybe. Did they do the creed? Yes. They said the creed every Sunday. The creed made me super uncomfortable. I did not want to say it. What, what about, did they have the Westminster Confession of Faith? Yes. They taught that to the children. But they're only scripture now. Right. So they had their own scripture, but hang on. Right. Right. And the Westminster Catechism was was awesome. So much of it was really incredible. I thought this is a great way to teach kids. You know, why didn't I have this? So. So I remember I was at dinner with some of my new reformed friends one night and I brought up that they were baptizing infants. I said, well, why are you guys baptizing infants? And I remember. One of the the people at the table looked at me and said, just because the Catholics do it doesn't mean it's wrong. And that was, it was like the Lord, like the floodgate opened and my, my, it was like, ping. My first thought was, so what else, what else? It's not wrong. That was it. Now I'm curious. So I start ordering books on Amazon in secret and I started reading even things like I should have probably already read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, such a beautiful book. Um, and I, I ordered this book called Why Catholics Are Right by Michael Carran. And I have no idea, honestly, why, if Michael oh, Carran. Why did you order that book? It was just what came up on Amazon. I was just Googling Catholic books and that's what came up. I did not know where to begin. I didn't know a thing. <laughs> I didn't know. You know, this was what, 15 years ago? Who would I have even been reading at the time? I don't think there was, you know, half the Catholic content that's out today. So I ordered that book and 
I read it and I put it down and my whole outlook on Catholicism changed. And it was so Say it again. The name of that book again. Why Catholics Are Right by Michael Corrin, C-O-R-E-N. It was so beautiful. Um, he talked about Mary, talked about abortion and contraception. I think I know him. Do you? I think I do. I think his book's over there, autographed. He's, I I think that he's had like an interesting relationship with the church and being Catholic. I feel like he, he might've left and come back or I'm not really a hundred percent sure, but Michael Karn, if you're listening to me, <laughs> your book saved my life. Um, so it was incredible. And so then I got really curious because now I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. All these things that I was told Catholics do, they worship Mary. Um, Nobody ever explained transubstantiation to me. They just made fun of it. And I, and I, I was kind of hard. done. Yeah, I was I was just done with things being made fun of. Like, stop making fun of it and tell me what is the teaching. Stop yeah. making fun of Catholics for having big families and tell me what is the teaching. You know, stop making fun of um, the communion of saints and tell me what is the teaching. And then let, let it just stand on its own. And if it's ridiculous and stupid, it, go away. Um, I, I agree with you, Sarah, because to me, it was just as important to know why they believe. Right. Why do you believe in that is right. more is the most important question. Just tell me what what you believe in, why, and then yeah. let me digest yeah. it and think about it. Yeah. Um, And then I was starting to see a lot of the social um, ramifications of how I grew up. Right. And um, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'm just saying in my community, a lot of abortion, a lot of divorce and remarriage, um, a lot of contraception and sterilization, um, but no smoking. Don't smoke and don't have a drink, but take your, take your pill every day. Hey, Crystal, I just, Sarah, I just had a revelation, okay? Mm -hmm is don't laugh at me. I am slow and I was in learning disabilities classes, okay? <laughs> is sterilization, when you say that word, use that word, are you saying getting your tubes tied or you're a guy getting his? Both, yes. So sterilization, tubal ligations, right? Tubes tied, it's not a tie, it's a burn and vasectomies and both uh vasectomy can you know can be reversed right it's difficult um and the church does not require a reversal so if you've had a conversion and you've gone to confession and, and you you look back and say oh my goodness i shouldn't have done that you do not nobody's telling you to go get reversed that's that's for your own discernment <laughs> let me just clarify <laughs> just kidding hey i don't I'm still shooting live rounds. <laughs> Get my drift. John's joking. No, but um, I never, I never had this happen. This was how I grew up, though. It was. It's yeah. everywhere. I've got friends who got married in their twenties, done with kids by thirty, sterilized. sterilized. Um, I have never put. You know, it's like I never knew birth control was pro-choice. Right. 
None of us did. Protestants think they're pro-life and they don't know. They're not pro-life. They're pro-choice. Because none of us were told, you know, what birth control really is, what it really is. You know, this is, this was something, okay, so that's, that's the whole other part of my conversion. So I leave New York, I move to Florida, I get a job at a Catholic school, mostly out of practical reasons. So I've got a master's degree in piano, not in education. I knew I could get a job at a Catholic school easier than I could at a public school. And I had a feeling that the environment, of course, would, you know, would be so much better. So I applied and I got this wonderful job and I start, you know, going to work every day at the Catholic school and I'm, and I'm going to a reformed uh, Presbyterian church on Sundays in Tampa. So I've got, I've got like one foot in each world and I'm, I'm really comfortable and I'm kind of like bargaining with the Lord. I'm like, maybe I could just do this, God. You know, what do you think? I'll just, I'll be like half Catholic. I'll be like a closet Catholic and mm-hmm. I'll hang out. I had great friends at my Presbyterian church. I didn't, you know, listen, community, Protestant communities are amazing. They are loving. They're open. I show up at church. 500 people are saying hi to me. Let's have a lunch. Let's welcome you. I probably also because I was single and they're thinking, okay, great. Let's, you know, (laughs) let's Mm -hmm. get, let's get her plugged in. But, um, I say this all the time. You could go to Catholic mass for a full year and nobody could ever say hi to you. That is the reality of life. (laughs) It is true. That's so appealing to me. It's Pentecostal free ring. (laughs) Yes. I want to be left alone. (laughs) Yeah. I had women come up to me. The tiger book. I don't know where it is. Can you find it? I'll find it after. Just go find a different book. Um, tiger book? I don't know what the tiger book is. They're amazing. <laughs> She's so funny. <laughs> so, and that's and that's actually what I said to my sister because, you know, my sister, for all of her forwardness on social media, this this persona that she has is all from the Lord. And I just want to say that as a side note, um, my sister is literally living out the verse where the Lord says, don't worry about what you're going to say before Kings. I will put the words in your mouth. That is her. She is not, she is not somebody who like loves the limelight, loves debating, loves not, not at all. This is all God saying, this is what, this is your mission right now. So I always joke with her. I said, Catholic mass would be great for you because you could walk in. You don't have to talk to anybody. You could worship and go home. <laughs> so yes, that, especially when you come out of the, it is, it is emotionally draining to be in Protestant circles for a long time. Oh man. Ministers who convert feel that when they start going to Catholic mass. And this is why, by the way, almost every Protestant that I know and I'm not saying this to be ugly. I love, I love my friends. I have best friends who are Protestant. When they go on vacation, they don't go to church. When they go on vacation, ministers that I know who run big churches in this area, they go on vacation, they take Sunday off. It's the last so, they're so burnt out. Mm-hmm. Every Protestant preacher, every Protestant preacher in this world resigns and quits the ministry. Every Sunday night. Yep. Every one of them. They hate it. Yep. Do not let these people lie to you. No. Okay. And it doesn't have to be like this because, because this is the wisdom of the church. 
right? There's very few married Catholic priests and the circumstances are very, very specific. Um, there is great wisdom in making a choice. Am I going to serve the Lord fully or am I going to serve my family fully? There's great wisdom in that. Fun of, you know, and I, and I, and I, that was another thing too, how much, how much I grew up about people making fun of Catholic clergy, making fun of not being married, but the Lord wasn't married. The Lord didn't have children. So this, this constant accusation, what man could give up having sexual intimacy, uh, the Lord did. So don't let anybody make fun of the clergy. The cl there is wisdom in uh, devoting, devoting your life to, to ministry without um, the added right burden in a sense of a wife and, and, and a lot, possibly a lot of children. Hello, girl. Oh. Hello, do you? What are you doing? Anytime you got a boogie, just go. <laughs> we can do this every day. Yeah. Kind of wanted to, but you're kind of like a celebrity. No, I'm not. No. You do better I'm than a work, I'm a working musician. Yeah. <laughs> I played I, I don't want to embarrass competitions last weekend. I was so exhausted when I was over. <laughs> I don't want to. Thursday. Your laundry tag is showing. My <laughs> your tag is out. It's, I had, you know, this has started so many conversations. Okay, I have to tell you about this. So I have like five different scapulars. They all, they're all brown, the brown scapular, they all look different. And I wear them with different outfits. And um, my husband's been wearing the scapular for years. He had it on when I met him. And I never wanted to wear it. I was, I, I don't wear one. it's not me. It's not, it's not going to go with my outfit. It's, you know, this is all vanity. Um, but you know, also just some practical concerns. Like, I don't know. I just didn't, I just didn't feel like, um, and then in the last year, I saw so much, so much content about it on social media. Right. This is like when this is like the part where I love social media because I'm like, wow, this was a huge reason I started wearing the brown scapular. And um, a woman that I follow, very famous woman, her husband died. Uh, she's now a widow with 10 children. And they kept talking about how he wore it and was devoted to it and died in it. And and I thought, oh, my goodness, I need to put this on. That's it. I have to put it on. And so I was like toying with it. I'd put it on and I the next day I wouldn't wear it. And I'd wear it again. The next day I wouldn't wear it. And I don't know. I just, one day I put it on and that was, I take it off at night. Uh, my husband sleeps in it. He's, he always wears it, but, um, you know, you can get a little one. It doesn't have to be right. Um, I have a beautiful one on a white string. I bought, I ordered a beautiful one from Queen Minimo. I think that's her name. She hand makes them. I mean, um, but did you see the movie Wayne's world? No. You didn't see Is Wayne's he wearing world? a brown scapular? You didn't see Wayne's world? No, I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> There's a part where they get to meet Alice Cooper. Okay. Alice Cooper. Yes. And they're so overwhelmed with his celebrity and iconness that they're, we're not worthy. Right. We're not worthy <laughs> to even speak to him. Right. These are 80s guys. Right. 
That's the way I feel about the brown scapular. I ain't worthy. I ain't worthy. No, I'm not wearing it. It would be like, you know, a vampire. Right. Dracula. No, I get it. I really, I get it. Believe me. And, and, uh, and I already wear so much Catholic stuff. I'm kind of like, I think people are like, it's just funny. My friends are so, they're so wonderful. You're a Shiite. Do you know what a Shiite is? (laughs) You're a Shiite. Isn't that what James Gaffigan says about his wife? That, uh, <laughs> Catholic Caritas, Marie. Right. right. She just, she's like the male version of my youngest son, Brian. She's uh, a fanatic. Yeah. Okay. And she's got all this stuff on. And yeah. Everything going out. Her, there. her friends call it because she's really into it. Yep. I think you should put it on just for like a day and see what happens. And then, Me? Take, yeah. And then you can take it off. You don't, you know, I, I eased into it. And then right around August 15th, I think I, I put it on and I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And, um, I love it. And it has started a lot of beautiful conversations, um, with, you know, the coffee barista who just, I have one that has a beautiful picture of the Blessed Mother holding the Lord. And she just was, you know, loved. Mm. And one of my coworkers was asking me about it. And um, she she asked me flat out, she said, do people ever make fun of you for wearing it? Or do you do people like attack you for, you know? And it's like, um, I don't know. It's just opened up some really nice conversations. And um, I think also just because women's clothing, like my husband's always in a t-shirt, nobody sees it, but women's clothing is a little different. And so um, it's, you know, people see it. I see people sometimes like glance at it and they smile or, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's just another way. Well, I think they. My friend, I had, when I used, when my son lived in California, I'd go out there frequently and I used to be really into taking yoga classes. Mm-hmm. And the yoga teacher, her name was Cassandra. Okay. I always wore this. I've always worn this since confirmation. So what is yoga in a tank. Okay. Uh, and she could not quit. This girl was a, um, she is new age, Buddhist, woke. Right. Everything. 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 For All the greatest, greatest combinations. She greatest. could not quit looking at this. Every time I talk to her, because I see her every few months, yeah, class, and she could not quit looking at Mary. Yeah, and I think she had been raised Catholic. Yeah, and then got involved in all that Tibet Buddhist, all that it's everywhere. It is everywhere, and it's so cool right now. The most beautiful women on Instagram are, you know, saging their house. Um, everyone's meditating and um, mindfulness, mindful, and and uh, what's the other thing? Reiki? Every you know, hi lady. Everyone is doing it. Okay, and, time out. Can I ask you questions? Sure. Are your parents still away from the church? Yes. Okay. And your sister is 
Not oh, my sister's, okay. So my sister is an interesting case. So my sister, older, what? Your famous sister. My famous sister. She's going to watch this. I'm going to send it to her. Um, so my sister knows that we were raised in total falsehood. There's no, she hundred percent knows this. We've had many conversations. She knows that it was banana land. My sister um, had her older daughter years ago with um, a gentleman in New York. Love him. Like he's my brother. This man is wonderful. He's Catholic. His entire family is Catholic. My, um, hey. <laughs> okay, go play. No, and I'm going to stay with you, mom. Oh, okay. You can stay with oh. So my niece, my niece is, um, a baptized Catholic. His whole family is Catholic. Um, my niece is, ooh. Oh, I, I, this is me hiding in a closet. This that happens for right now. Okay, I want you every to episode it happens. I'm almost done. Okay, I want you to go over there. Oh, and mommy, yes, I would stay with you. You can't, honey. You just stay. So my niece is in a Catholic school right now. She uh, had first Holy Communion this past summer, and that's one of the reasons that my sister is so pro-life. So um, my sister found out she was pregnant. She went to a Planned Parenthood for help. And of course they offered, they said, we'll give you an abortion. And when, when it's over, we'll tell you how far along you were. Yeah. What in the world? Yeah. So, cause she said, well, can I have an ultrasound? Can you tell me how far along I am? By the way, she was about eight weeks at that point. So, um, and she got pregnant on birth control, another uh, birth control failure. So my sister became radically pro-life after this. I mean, she's just really very outspoken, um, about all of this. She's like the original warrior against big pharma. So, um, so my niece, my older niece and her entire dad's side of the family, all Catholic, my sister is now married to a man, another wonderful gentleman. I love him. They're both like, they're both like my brother-in-laws. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and so their daughter, I have another niece, baptized Catholic. I'm the godmother and his whole, and my brother-in-law's whole family's Catholic. So we're just joking that we're waiting for my sister to just come on board the ship. If they keep walking along the creek, <laughs> creek bank long enough, yeah. they'll slip in. <laughs> Me and you have a lot in common, but um, my younger, my baby brother, he's not a baby anymore. <laughs> my little brother and my brother that passed away a couple years ago, both were um went to school in a uh was it IBF IFB independent fundamental Baptist schools. Mm, yep. You ever heard of Glenn Iris? You ever heard of Jack Legrand? Yes. He was their teacher. Okay. And Pastor Jack Legrand, hardcore legalistic. Yes. You know, hardcore fundamental Baptist. Which can I I just had a thought. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like for all of this talk about how like one saved, always saved, right? You're saved. You could do whatever you want. Well, then why, why can't I do whatever I want? Yeah. I love like the legalism doesn't actually make sense with the logical framework. It don't fit. 
that I said this prayer when I was five and I'm good to go no matter what, no matter, even, even if I don't want to be a Christian anymore, somehow I still am, but I also have to toe the line on all of these other issues. Here's the answer. If you're really saved, you won't want to do those things. There you that's, right. Well, there that's always no right. the endless. Saved, your body and your flesh and brain don't get saved, and your right. hormones didn't get saved. Right. Your eyeballs didn't get saved. Such a good point. Such a good point. Yeah. And you know, it's the it's the um, here's the other thing. On a real practical level, when I became a Catholic, I felt like I had power behind me to finally wrestle with sin. I truly felt like I was not alone in my faith anymore. And I have had Protestant friends confide to me, I wish I had more than my Bible. It's just not enough. Right? Yeah. Right. It's not enough. They have no referee. I had the Eucharist. I had the sacramentals. I had the communion of saints. I had more prayers and litanies and novenas than I knew what to do with. I mean, I wasn't making up my own prayers anymore. Right. Um, and even just the ministry of exorcism, I remember when I was converting, that was so fascinating to me. Like, how was I a Christian for 30 plus years? And nobody in my circle ever talked about exorcisms, ever did them. If there was any sort of demonic oppression or possession or anything, nobody knew what to do. They were calling the Catholic priest for help. Yeah. We were told that in seminary. Right. If you ever run across a genuine, situation where you think it's a demonic possession, call a Catholic priest. Why? Right? I know. And I remember the night I took communion for the first time, right? There were things in my life that I ceased to wrestle with the next day. It was bizarre. It was totally bizarre. And I just remember thinking like there's actual physical power with being Catholic. There's things that you can touch. There's things you can wear. There's things you can pray. There's uh, this idea that, you know, it's so repetitive and formulaic and no, no, no. That is what the Lord has created us for. Yeah. You can for, feel your prayers. For repetition, for the five senses being engaged in worship. So I had a Protestant minister say to me, you know, don't get taken in by, by all of the you know, don't get taken in by the, the smells and the bells or, or, or however. And again, it was more making fun of things, right? Is that really what it is? Or is there a reason that incense is being used? And yeah. I just got to a point where I was like, I was done with things being made fun of. And I just wanted to know the truth. Good way of saying that, Sarah. That was, was really the whole thing. I was really just tired because I felt like the making fun of was a cover for being unable to explain to me. Of course. Of course. Right. You just nailed it right on the head. Right. So, and and the more things got explained to me in a very logical way, the more I thought, well, no, that makes a lot of sense. And then I read Catholicism and Fundamentalism by Carl Keating. He chewed me out the other day. What? I'm going to yell at him. Yeah. For what? You don't read my text, Sarah. When, when anytime I shoot you a text, I bet you do just like my kids go. No, listen, if there's high probability that you texted me while I was teaching, <laughs> who, who started Catholic Answers? Carl Keating. Yeah, he went off on me on Facebook. What? 
What about what? I really do think that I misread his post. Okay. And answered, and he misunderstood my response. Okay. I think it was people thinking they're talking about the same thing. But they're not. But neither one of them really read the whole post. Okay. And got it wrong. I don't. You guys, you're like two giants. You got to get along. I feel <laughs> like. He on. I feel like there's a rift and it has to be. Yeah, it wasn't. I, I really do believe that I did not fully know what he was saying. Okay. I jumped the gun with the response that okay. he did not himself, and he's a lawyer. Yes. So, you know, a lawyer needs to read every little word because words mean things. Right. And two words can change 500. Yeah. At the end of the passage, those two little words can change the entire passage. So, but, uh, okay. yeah. So then that that's probably easily remedied. Yeah, but I don't really know him, and he don't know me or right. know me. But it, the gist of it was all these people were, you know, the, the nursery thing, the sky is falling, or what, the pig that cried wolf? Do you remember? Are you old enough to remember those? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to ask you how old you are. I'm, I'm older than I look. I keep thinking <laughs> that you're an age that you're probably past. I'm most definitely past it. And I'm an old mom, too. <laughs> well, I started, you know, later in life. And I and I met my husband later. And I had, you know, I mean, that's just how my life, how it, how it unfolded, you know, God's grace yeah. that I even converted at all. Well, he's talking about... <laughs> The you know the the Vatican is just a a shitstorm of heresy and sin and just nothing good. I mean the Pope's just running the church and all this stuff. Now he may have been just reposting what someone else said. I don't know. Right. Okay. But I said the boy who cried wolf. That's Eric. But I said, now, hang on now. I did a deep deep dive on 266 popes last year. And on a bunch of them, there are loads of information. And you actually read this stuff about what certain, certain popes wanted to do, did that nobody found out they did, tried to do, wanted to change, you would crawl on your hands and knees and grab Francis by his legs and beg for him to stay. Yeah. No, I I think what your son has been saying on uh on on Instagram is so true. This like this medieval grind set is so funny. I can't handle it. Um but that that just that point is so true. Like four or five hundred years ago more than that, we would have never had a clue what was going on in the Vatican. We don't want to know. <laughs> no, we would then live in our life, farming our land, going to church on Sunday, praying, and and that's it. 
dying. I mean, that, that was the life. So this obsession and I, I don't know, I, I, we could talk about this, that this is probably a can of worms, but the level of disrespect that I see coming out of the trad community is appalling. It is, and they don't say, they don't see it. It's like when you're sitting there in the bathroom doing your business and everybody in the house is saying, turn the fan on. <laughs> Cause you don't know, but the whole house knows. Turn the fan on, light a candle. Yeah. Where's the the spray? You know? That's the way they are. They think. They a, yeah. Yeah. There was there was an explosion recently. Five five men from the trad community recently. I didn't even know who these people were, which I, I think is I, I'm grateful for that. Laced into a woman on Instagram, a Catholic mother of eight, she's a grandmother, uh, had was sick for a long time, had a miraculous healing, whatever her story is. I, I really don't, I'm on the periphery of all of this. The language that they use to describe her, I could start crying right now. I have to be careful. I couldn't believe it, John. I couldn't believe what I was hearing and seeing. And, and then outright lying about her, that she posted these pictures that she, I mean, I've never seen in the secular world and I'm, and I'm very comfortable in the secular world because that's how I grew up. Right. I'm very being, being with secular friends, being, it doesn't bother me. I have non-Christian friends who are more virtuous than these people. Yeah, no, I believe what was going on. And you know, and then I'm curious, like, who are these people, right? I'm scrolling through and it's the same faces, right? It's like, oh, there's that priest again. There's that. Okay. So they're all connected. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but gosh, some of this, you some know, of this not ball. I had all. Let me tell you a quick story and I got to go. Listen, I had these, uh, there's these three trad sisters. All right. And two of them I was pretty good friends with, pretty good friends. And to the point where they were inviting us to Thanksgiving and stuff. Wow. Pretty good friends. And man, I would not even say this on on the air in case they watch, but they're trads. And I have to say that some of the meanest Christians I have ever run across in my life or in that community, not just three or four, but a bunch of them are in that. It's like they're drawn like a, a moth to a flame. I know. If you are an angry young person who has yeah. had a gun and it's, it's the perfect storm, yeah. you know, we went to Latin mass on Sunday and I love it. John, I love it. I know. I feel like I am I am right at the moment where heaven is touching earth. Yeah. And I'm just I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. Let me just, yeah. And I don't know if I can minority. Hmm? If you were a minority, if you did not have a veil and your husband didn't have a suit and you didn't have eight kids 
and you didn't have one of them gigantic vans. Which, you know, you don't have any of the four things you mentioned. So, yeah. (laughs) And you show up at the trad church I know about, you ain't fitting in. Right. You ain't going to fit in. And some of the people that go there, I won't go to the Latin Mass for one reason. Do you know why? It ain't the liturgy. The liturgy, I love anything Catholic. I don't care if it's redneck liturgy, Melkite, I don't care. I love all the liturgies I've ever been to. But the people, I used to work with some of them at a certain network. And I don't want to be in the same room with them. They make my skin crawl and they can wear their gun they wear they pack them they're loaded up they i mean it's there's so many red flags about going to church there and (laughs) i mean when when the parking lot's got 15 trucks with trump stickers i mean i voted for trump don't get me wrong i'm conservative right i don't vote for a democrat i am as conservative as they come it doesn't nothing that yeah, but it's it's more okay. So maybe also because I'm I'm older and I'm a convert, and I already have friends and I have my husband and you know I'm not looking I think for community in the same way that maybe someone who's twenty is looking for it. But I, I, I have to think about my daughter. Yeah, I don't know. When I have you, to- when you go to mass, and when you pull in a parking lot, you don't know if you're going to a MAGA rally. Mm-hmm. Or a Catholic mass. You really don't know. Right. Okay. What if you're a minority? What if you're black or Mexican illegal? Mm. Or somebody that's marginalized in that community? Mm -hmm. And you show up for your first mass at this rad church and you think you're at a MAGA rally. There's flags, guns in the open. Would you feel comfortable? Okay, so I think there's been enough attacks on churches and pregnancy centers. If I'm in a church and I know every man in the church has a gun, I'm probably going to feel really safe. Probably that's not going to bother me. The church that we happened to go to the other day, I think was like, fairly mixed. I, I think that there were just a, people from a lot of different backgrounds there. We are in the minority. You know, again, I didn't have a veil. Like you said, you know, my husband's not wearing a suit. We only have one daughter, you know. Um, but at the same time, I also feel like I'm going to show up and this is my life and I love the Lord and I, I don't make excuses for anything in my life. And I think that that anyone who's listening, especially women, there's something going on with mommy culture and just weird. It's weird. And um, I just don't make excuses for anything. This is what what all my decisions are between me and my husband and the Lord, period, end of story. So I don't apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have my bail, you know, or, um, oh, I, I work, you know, I have a job. Sorry. No, I don't apologize for anything. Good for you. I like some reason. Yep. That that families start to Tony. 
you, you families have to make decisions that are best for them. Yeah. And not required. So on the things that are not required, we, ha we have freedom. Well, Sarah, there's a lot of people that think I'm a flaming liberal nervous order. There's a, let me tell you something. If I got a phone call from the, from the, uh, the college of Cardinals and for some wild reason, I got elected to be the Pope. They said, we're going in a new direction. Okay? <laughs> and here's who we picked, John Edwards. And they flew my rear end up there to get my <laughs> bottom checked. You know, they got to sit in a chair. Yeah. No bottom to make sure you are a guy. Right. Okay? And then they put me in the robe and they give me the ring. Right. And I go out on that balcony. Let me tell you something. Heads would roll. If you think these rad trads or rad trads, they don't know the changes I would make in my first one minute. Yeah. My papacy, the liberals out there would commit mass excommunication on themselves. I'm telling you, I'm more trad, hardcore rad than anyone I no. I know. But I see the other side of things too. Right. Because when I was a police officer, I trained myself to think like a criminal to catch them. Right. So I had to develop a criminal mindset. How right. would I do this? Where would I go? What yeah. would I use? And I started policing that way. That's why I cannot pass a lie detector. Right. You put me on a polygraph right now, and it's going to say, have you ever thought about killing folks? And I would have to say, yeah, I've spent <laughs> hours, hours of planning how to be the next Bundy so that I could catch the next Bundy. Because, see, I couldn't get away with nothing. Right. If I put a body in my trunk and try to dump it in Kansas, at 3 a.m. during tornado time, I would be caught. Yeah. I, I would pull up to somewhere, like in that movie with Jim Carrey, where he's going to take a TT at the rest stop. Uh -huh. And he goes out to take a TT because the rest stop's full. And all of a sudden, all the floodlights come on. It's the FBI sting for birds. <laughs> that would be me. I would get caught. So, right. Yeah, Kansas. Hey, I got to go, Sarah. Hi. So when's our next date? All right. How about Thursday or Friday? Okay. Send me a reminder because okay. I'm off my Adderall. Okay. <laughs> they're, out, they're out of it. And I am, I've got like 12 brains going at one time. 12 <laughs> brains. Oh All my. Right. All right. Thursday or Friday? Yes. Yeah, say hey to your famous. I can hang out. <laughs> okay. All right. All righty. Bye-bye.